One of the reasons why I titled this episode The Camouflage Race is because of the fact that there is a proposal that's starting to gain a lot of traction, particularly within uh, the UFO communities and the paranormal communities, that this these archon beings, or these archons as they're called, are actually the same types of godlike beings that have been described throughout many different religions and many different cultures in the past. Now, just hear me out, because it's not as simple as it sounds, but at the same time, it does simplify a lot of things into a linear sort of pathway, if you will. Now, if we take a look at different things like the, the, the Anunnaki, or the Nephilims, or the Fallen Angels, or the, 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 the Mayans, or the Sumerians, or the Atlanteans, or the Draconians, or the Seraphims, or the Serpents, there seems to be a resembling, a sort of resemblance between them all. And the reason why I say that is not just because this proposal brings a lot of things together and says that it's all one big thing, but it's because I've spoken about in the past how there are so many different distortions with regards to different paranormal beings or otherly otherworldly beings or beings from different dimensions or a higher form of consciousness, if you will, one that ascends this particular reality. Now, the reason why this proposal has become so popular is because a lot of religious stories, whether it is linear, whether they fit together or they don't, seem to reference the same types of beings with the same structures, the same physical appearance, the same messages, ultimately. Now, there is a little bit more of a deeper connection to the Archons, a bit more of a negative connotation, and then there is a positive one, too. But if we take, for example... Um, a couple of lines here from timefordisclosure.com, which is a, a great site. I recommend you guys check it out. It says here that these archons were known as the Atlanteans, Satan, the Bamafets, the, Ar the archons, Draconians. In the Bible, they, was, they were known as the Seraphims, the Burning Ones, or the Serpents, or they were also known as the Nephilims, or Elohims, or the Fallen Angels, or the ones who cast the Mayans out from the heavens. Now, again... Let me know very quickly that when they say the heavens, very good chance they're talking about space. Now, both words are plural and feminine, according to Time for Disclosure, meaning there were many gods and were adroginous, which means that essentially they were essentially everything in one. Now, the Sumerians knew them as the Anunnaki. Anakim in Hebrew means giant. Because they're very tall, 7 to 8 feet roughly, or any, sorry, 7 to 15 feet, and have shape-shifting abilities. Now, in the Indian culture, they were known as the Naga. And Dracula in Latin means dragon, the order of the Dracul, that was able to shift physically into other creatures or into the ether via the quantum field. Now, this might just sound like people are putting things together just for the sake of trying to make sense of these stories. Not exactly. And the reason I say that is because if we look, for example, at ancient Egyptian drawings, or we look at Sumerian text or Sumerian drawings, a lot of them resemble the same thing. If we look at the book of Enoch that speaks about the Nephilims and the fallen angels, it resembles the same thing. And when you say, okay, same thing, what do you mean by that? Again, 
physical structure, physical appearance, the way in which they spoke, the messages in which they delivered. And there seemed to be a reoccurring theme, regardless of what parts of the world you, uh, you seemed to live in at the time. And that was that regardless of which religion stemmed from whatever belief was there, there had to be some type of worship of these beings within that religion, which is why you see the different variations come to fruition in today's modern age as Satan, as the Anunnaki, or as Buddha, or as um, Allah in the Quran. There is a proposal, and I'm not trying to push this as an agenda, I'm just trying to open your mind to make you think. There is a proposal that the all of these beings, the Anunnaki or the Reptilians or the Dracos or the, the Nephilims or the Fallen Angels, they were all, they were the same people, they were the same beings rather. And the reason why this is said is because when you look at all these different stories, if you take and you, you create a timeline of sorts, you can see very clearly there are large gaps of years, many, many thousands of years in between each one of these stories. Okay, or in between each one of these scriptures or these drawings or these, these hieroglyphs or these dictations. And the reason for that, I think there may have been a connection that's been made, is because if we take a look at the Anunnaki theory, okay, what we have found with the theory of the Anunnakis is that, or the, the story as it goes rather, is that the Anunnakis, each Anunnaki being, ruled their own region or province, or state, or whatever it's called. At the time, it was called sort of uh, regions, if you will. Each one ruled their own region, and each one was referred to by the human people who lived and worked within those regions as so-called gods, if you will. Now, they were referred to as gods, and each one, each god, or each head of region was, or each different Anunnaki, or Arkin, or whatever you want to call them, had a different specialty. One of them was like the god of light, another one was like the god of food, and this and that, and, and so on and so forth. So you get the idea. So what if each part of, there were different parts of the world that were then segmented into different regions? So Atlantis may have not just been a city, it could very well have been the entire planet, but that was just the name they referred to as Earth at that time. Okay, because who's to say that they knew the word Earth or they knew how to describe Earth in a different way? Again, we're talking about a time where global information didn't even exist. There was so much distortion. So therefore, these beings, these archons, these Nephilims, these Anunnaki, whatever you want to call them, could very well have been the rulers of their own region. Now, as to what size these regions were, I don't know. It's very hard to say. Okay, and the problem with that is because there's no exact description, at least of what we could find, of how they sort of mapped out geologic or geographically the regions that they ruled. I would imagine they probably used natural landmarks or physical landmarks to create these borders, if you will. But the idea is that from there, you also had different extraterrestrial species coming to visit the planet later on in life, but or later on in yeah in in the throughout life. But the thing is, is that ultimately the Anunnaki, and I keep referring to them as that because that seems to be the most common name, seem to have come here for a certain period of years and then left. Now, if their race was wiped out or something like this, it's very hard to say. It, there, there's not much explaining what happened to them. But what we do know is that there is a vast similarity between every single religion and the, their ancient drawings or descriptions of these beings. 
extremely tall, anywhere, like I said, from 7 to 15 feet tall. Most of them were roughly supposedly around like 12, 13 feet, give or take. Lived for an extremely long period of time. Didn't exactly say if they were good or evil, because in these scriptures and in these drawings, they were just viewed as praised as gods. So it didn't really say if they were good or evil. It was just like, listen, they're gods, we'll do what they say, and that's it. So I'd more than likely lean to the direction or to the perspective that they were, humans were servants to these, these gods, if you will. Now, with that being said, if we take a look, for example, and I'm going to cite here timeforadisclosure.com, the Chinese, Japanese, Indian, Indonesians, Aztecs, Mayans, and Incas all worship the dragon in antiquity. So there are gargoyles that adorn every church and cathedral, the watchers, as they were referred to in the Book of Enoch. The biggest trick the devil can play is making humanity believe that he does not exist. There are over 10,000 pyramids that align with each other on a global grid system with GPS accuracy to the millimeter. Now, let me just pause there very quickly and say one of the reasons why I think this may actually be a plausible theory is because when we look at these pyramids placed all over the world, now again, the Egyptian pyramids are the most popular, yes, but they're starting to find proof of pyramids in Bosnia, in different parts of Europe. So why? So people used to think that the pyramids were just exclusive to one part of the world or were just exclusive to, say, the Egyptians and the Mayan culture. Not true. That is not what we're finding anymore. And what seems to be extremely interesting as well is that these pyramids, again, as I cited from timefordisclosure.com, has found that each pyramid aligns with a global grid with GPS accuracy down to the millimeter. To this very day, you can check those out. And this is while the pyramids are destroyed or damaged, if you will. Imagine at the time they were initially put up, the accuracy with, that creates a grid around Earth. That which, by the way, if you astral project, if your soul leaves your body, supposedly you can even see this grid. Now, some argue that this grid was created to sort of put a metaphysical shield in a different metaphysical realm to protect us. Others say that it was another form of connecting with different planets and acting as a, uh, as a healing mechanism through energy, not just for the gods, but for humans to sort of do things as they, as, as they see fit, sort of a global computer these pyramids acted as, I guess you could say, through the use of energies and all that. Now, again, citing the same website, in the agency, there are 13 ancient megalithic sites that represent the 13 controlling families that control the world, that when you connect them dot to dot, over a thousand kilometers area makes a perfect Maltese cross. Now, this is the symbol of the monarchy, of the Freemasonry group, the Vatican, the Jesuits, the Knights of Malta, and the Knights of Templars, and even, at one point, the connection of Hitler's Germany. This is the symbol of that. So, I think there may actually be a deep-rooted belief or, or symbolism or message or agenda that has been so ingrained in human philosophy, human culture, and human religion socially, economically, and as of recently, financially, that seems to be persisting and seems to be everlasting. Now, the other theory is that these archons came to Earth, or these Anunnaki, whatever you want to call them, came here, did what they had to do over many years to influence hu the human race so that it lasted for 
I guess you could say forever, quote unquote, but lasted for so long that it in, that even if we as a as a species forgot about these beings that came, their ultimate influence is still ingrained in a uh, inside of all of our day to day beliefs in our minds. Therefore, if their influence is still ingrained, they have spiritual and metaphysical influence over our human affairs. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but ultimately, we have to take a look and take a step back and say, okay, we have many different aspects that we can look at these stories from. Why does the Vatican not consider, for example, the Book of Enoch that specifically mentions the fallen and the watchers and the, 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 the Nephilims and the giants? Why does the Book of Enoch, why is it not considered canon by the Vatican, canon meaning original or part of the original assembly of the Bible. Why is that? There has to be more than just, well, you know, we can't validate it, and Enoch may have been just a name for to, 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 to represent multiple people writing the book. I don't know about that. I think the book of Enoch mentions things that the Bible, or that the, the, at least the current Christian Vatican-based community and system cannot exactly control. And I think that the human race over time selectively edited different parts of not just the Bible, but different parts of, of, of events and stories and messages throughout the ages that naturally got distorted, but purposefully also got selected to be hidden or put out to the people in order to continue the influence that these archons have. Now, it's also been uh, proposed that these archons are still here on earth today, uh, but there are very few left simply because they've done their influence and they've done more than they needed to. So they kind of, kind of like when, uh, for example, the United States goes to war, they send in a bunch of soldiers, and then once the war is over, they still leave some soldiers there just to make sure everything's going to what they want. Okay? And it's that same kind of concept and that same kind of idea. They're, these archons have come to this planet, not only that, but after they've influenced humanity for thousands of years so long ago, they didn't need to have particular or specific gods reigning over each region, let's say. All they needed to do was leave a few because they've already established their influence in our uh, species, if you will, and in our thoughts and in our, our minds and all that. So they leave a few here that are probably still here to this very date, and then the rest of them screw off and go back to their home planet. Just a theory, but very possible. Now, before I end the episode, I just want to say there are three different levels to these so-called archons. Level one is cosmological, okay? And this connects directly with, the, the, with Gnosticism and the Gnostic cosmology. There are species of inorganic beings that emerged in the solar system prior to the formation of the Earth. There are cyborgs, so to speak, inhabiting the planetary system which is described as a virtual world. And they construct by imitating the geometric forms emanated from the pleroma, the realm of the generators, or the cosmic gods, so to speak. And this is from bibliothecapliads.net, by the way. Now, the archons are a genuine species with their own proper habitat and may even be considered to be godlike, but they lack intentionality. And they have a nasty tendency to stray from their boundaries and intrude on the human realm. They're said to feel intense envy toward humanity because we possess the intentionality that they lack. 
Now, the, the mythos behind this describes that the archons were produced by fractal impact in the dense elementary field arrays of the galactic limbs. Okay, now that's level one. Level two is the noetic psychological level. Okay, meaning that archons are an alien force that intrudes subliminally upon the human mind and deviates our intelligence away from its proper and sane applications. Again, kind of going back to what I said before. They're sort of, um, they exist within this realm, but they are psycho-spiritual parasites, if you will. Okay, and then the third level is the sociological level. The fact that the, um, the archons influence the way in which we communicate and the, the method in which we communicate in order to be able to interact with one another in a much more appropriate way that they see fit. Okay, because in the, in the Gnostic view of human society, the archons are alien forces that act through authoritarian systems, including belief systems, in a way that cause human beings to turn against their innate potential and violate the symbiosis of nature. Now, Live, the word live spelled backwards is evil, but the archons are not evil in the sense that they possess autonomous powers of destruction able to be applied directly upon humanity. They are agents of, of error rather than evil, but human error, when it goes uncorrected and runs beyond the scale of correction, turns into evil and works against the universal plan of life. Now, Gnostics taught that the Archons exploit our tendency to let our mistakes go uncorrected. Again, this is what I meant earlier. They're not bad per se, or they're not evil based on the definition in which we perceive it today. But they are evil in the sense of they let us wander around and, and screw up constantly over and over again without telling us the mistakes we're making, which is why a lot of the human race right now is not necessarily awakened or conscious enough to understand what's really going on. Okay, with that being said, let me know what you guys think about the Archons. There's a lot more to it, but I think I've covered the foundational basis of it all. And so we will catch you guys next time. Peace.